Hello there, Lafayette. This is Joe Cunningham here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5, KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also send a message to the KPL app chat. We'll respond to those on the air as they come in. And I need y'all to pay attention. Pay careful attention. On our Facebook page, I posted the question. Two months away from the midterms, has either party convinced you to vote for them. Pay careful attention to the I'm going into teacher mode here. Pay careful attention to the wording. I did not ask if either party has given you a reason to not vote for them. I genuinely want to know from y'all and you can call in, you can respond to the app chat, you can comment on Facebook. I genuinely want to know from you, has either party given you a reason to vote for them? You can say, no, the Republicans drive me crazy. No, the Democrats drive me crazy. No, the Democrats did this. No, the Republicans are racist and they support overthrowing the country. Oh, the Democrats want to take over and turn our country into a, a communist state, whatever. I'm not interested in any of that. Have the Republicans given you a reason to vote for them? Have the Democrats given you a reason to vote for them? Because we're getting to the point where politicians have to make the case for themselves. We can use all of the talking points about what the Democrats are doing and what the Republicans are doing to try to scare each other out of supporting this, the team we normally support. But what makes one of these candidates appealing enough for you to vote for them? That's the question I want to ask today. Now, I ask this because right now there's a lot of speculation about the Republicans' chances of a huge wave in the midterms in November. There's polling that has come out polling that suggests the Republican wave is not going to be as big as they were hoping. There's polling that shows a democratic bump right now. There is money being moved around. I mentioned last week, uh, Mitch McConnell is throwing about $28 million in the Ohio Senate race, a race that Republicans felt kind of confident in, to be honest. Mitch McConnell hosted a fundraiser in Louisville for Herschel Walker of Georgia. Uh, Kevin McCarthy, whose name just makes me have a violent spasm every time I say it. Kevin McCarthy, his super PAC, is shifting another $37 million in TV ads in several states. These are all going to districts that Biden won in 2020 that the Republicans are trying to make narrower races. There's a lot going on right now. Uh, CNN, a once bullish GOP, now sees a smaller House majority in its future, presenting a challenge to McCarthy. Politico, Republicans poised for smaller gains in House polls suggests. Wall Street Journal, Republicans still favor to win back House control, but outlook tightens. Here's what's happening. Right now, there is a polling bump for Democrats. And I've, I've talked about this before, but essentially what's going on right now is 
the recent week's polling shows more Democratic enthusiasm. There was a race, or there was a, a ballot initiative in Kansas that was supposedly going to uh, tighten abortion rules in the state, but it was worded very poorly and it got overwhelmingly defeated. And the Democrats and the media cheered that, yes, yes, abortion bump. And then House District uh, 19 in New York uh, did not go. The Democrats are very pleased with those results. Yes, yes, here's the abortion push again. And now the polling bump. The problem for the Democrats is that this bump can't simply be explained as Democratic enthusiasm. There are a lot of moving parts going on right now. This time of year, historically, is when families, particularly families with children and lots of children, are more focused on back-to-school initiatives. And on the weekends, everybody's starting to turn in, tune into football now, and we're going to continue to see it. There is typically a Democratic bump this time of year in election cycles. Democratic families are more likely to answer polls, especially right now, Republican families are not. If you still go out there and ask pollsters, they will still tell you that, yeah, this year typically favors the Democrats, and usually they have a polling advantage of about two to three points. So you're still looking at an advantage in the polls the Democrats may not have when it comes down to the actual election day. A lot of y'all understandably don't trust the polling and the polling has in fact been awful for years. The problem with pollsters, in my experience going back to uh, 2012 and really in 2016, pollsters focused too much on national results. Everybody remembers in 2016 that the polling all said Hillary Clinton would win and then Donald Trump won. And so everybody says, see, the polls are worthless. Well, when you look at it, the polls were right. The polls showed Hillary Clinton had a certain percentage over Donald Trump. And that's actually what happened when you look at the popular vote. The problem is that the Democrats focused entirely on major urban areas and Democratic strongholds. They wanted to get out the youth vote, and so their messaging appealed to the youth vote in urban areas. All that did was fire up Democrats, so Hillary got larger margins in safe Democratic areas. But in places that are more swing state than Democratic, results were slow to come in. That Virginia didn't get called very quickly into the night made a lot of Democrats very nervous early on. In the Midwest, exit polling suggested that union households were split. And so while she got the amount of the popular support that the polling actually showed, she didn't win the states she needed. All of the polls that are out there that show an enthusiasm advantage for Democrats right now are focused on the national landscape. 
It's state by state and district by district polling, though, that will give you a better look at what's going to go on around the country. And right now, things are a lot tighter than that polling would suggest. The reason Kevin McCarthy's super PAC is moving money into districts that Joe Biden won is that polling in those districts indicates that even in districts where Joe Biden won by double digits, the advantage is now much lower. Mitch McConnell is raising money and sending money to Georgia and Ohio because he sees that as well. And McCarthy's PAC is moving money into districts, putting Democrats on the defensive. It may not be a 40-50 seat swing for the Republicans in the fall, but it's not going to be narrow. You're still looking at, I think, a couple dozen flips to the House. Things may change. Events may change things. The Mar-a-Lago stuff may change things. Maybe the economy recovers. That could change things. But right now, when you look at the issues that Americans care about, I know I am a broken record on this. Those issues still favor the Republicans. 232-1542. Again, if you want to comment, check out the Facebook page for the question of the day. You can also reach out on the app chat or call in that number I just gave. We're going to take this break and we'll be back here in just a moment right here on the Joe Cunningham Show News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542 if you want to call in or you can send a message through the KPL app chat. Be glad to respond to your comments there as well. Uh, follower on Twitter, I don't actually know what to call him, so I'm just going to call him PPC. Uh, he's commented, said the only politician that has done anything that makes him want to vote for uh, them is John Kennedy because you never know what he's going to say, but you know it would be funny and a related comparison to the topic he's talking about. The rest is a vote against, not for. And it's a pretty good point. Uh, Part of the vote for John Kennedy is clearly, I don't want to say entertainment purposes because that kind of belittles what Kennedy does, but Kennedy just has that type of character that you, you want to support him and you just want to keep seeing what he's going to say. Uh, again, I have a lot of friends in Washington, D.C. who like John Kennedy's, uh, they, they like his sound bites. They, they can't stand the guy, but they like getting him on interviews or listening to the sound clips because as, as this follower says, you don't know what the metaphor is going to be that he's going to throw into the situation, but it always seems to fit his talking point. So. The Democratic enthusiasm, the bump in the polling, the issue here, and the American Spectator points this out, is that when you look at the issues that voters still care about, it actually doesn't work well for the Democratic status quo. Uh, A new poll conducted for the Institute of Politics at Harvard University by Echelon Insights asked likely voters the following question. If you had to choose just one, which would you say is the biggest issue facing the country today? The top response was cost of living. Abortion came in fifth. When asked to choose between protecting abortion rights and and reducing inflation, voters chose the latter by 39% margin. Two-thirds 
Of the respondents answered, reducing inflation, only 27% answered protecting abortion rights. Nor is Echelon the only poll that suggests voters will be thinking about inflation rather than than abortion when they vote. The latest Economist YouGov survey, conducted August 20th to August 23rd, asked respondents which of these 15 issues is the most important issue to you. The top response was inflation slash prices. Abortion, again, ranked fifth in importance. And and pretty consistently, abortion ranks number five. Inflation, prices, economy, jobs, guns, abortion, usually somewhere in that order. Immigration usually kind of ranks up there before guns and abortion as well. That's typically the order. Economics first than the social issues. And right now, the economic issues are such a major part of the worries of the American public. Two-thirds of Republicans say they will definitely vote in the midterms compared to just 59% of Democrats who will cast a ballot, according to that Economist YouGov poll as well. So this isn't just sudden enthusiasm for for the Democrats uh, over abortion, over just general, the, the Republicans are despicable type thing. This is a polling advantage to the Democrats that may not actually be playing out when it comes to the actual election day. Because you can have more people saying that they want Democrats to be in charge. You, you can give Democrats a, uh, you know, a, a plus two on the generic ballot. But if only 59% of Democrats say they're actually going to go out and vote and two-thirds of Republicans say they're going out to vote, that's a pretty big advantage for the Republicans. If you, even if you think that the, Demo- the number of registered Democrats out, uh, outnumbers Republican registered voters. Only 60% versus well over two-thirds. That's still an advantage when the numbers come in for the Republicans. Now, it's going to be based on distribution, obviously. Again, nationwide numbers really suck for this sort of thing because it's all down to state and district level for Congress. But the advantage right now is still with the Republicans. It may not be as big of an advantage, but it's still an advantage. And really and truly, the Democrats have a lot of ground to make up. Raviel Warnock right now is talking about, you know, the bipartisan work he's done in Washington, D.C., He talked about an amendment to, I think, the American Rescue Plan with Ted Cruz. He's talked about his work with other Republicans. He's only mentioned Joe Biden once in in a recent appearance. Other people at that appearance attacked the Republicans. Warnock mentioned Biden once and talked about his bipartisanship. That's a sign that... Raphael Warnock's in trouble and Mitch McConnell is raising money for Warnock. Mitch McConnell moved millions of dollars over for J.D. Vance to help support Vance's election in that state. 
it looks like the Republicans will keep their Missouri Senate seat. Roy Blunt is leaving. There was a concern that Eric Greitens, the former governor, would win and then be beaten by a Democrat, but he didn't win the primary. Eric Schmidt, the attorney general, did and is by both recent polls up by 11 points. So the Democrats are starting to see their swing states where they need to hold and try to win something, seeing those opportunities fade. If they lose Georgia, the Republicans have the advantage. If the Republicans lose Pennsylvania, which could be the case given Dr. Oz and the lack of good polling out of there, or positive polling, I should say, the Democrats can't afford to lose anything else. And that's a big concern. The Democrats have everything to lose. Republicans have everything to win. And right now, the advantage, if you look at the issues, is with the Republicans. All right, let's go ahead and take our bottom of the hour news break. When we come back, we will have more, including some local stories here on the Joe Cunningham Show. News Talk 96.5 KPL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5 KPL 232-1542. If you want to be part of the conversation, you can also send a message to the KPL um, app chat and we'll read those messages on there. So Moon mentioned this story this morning, and I remember talking about the issue a while back as well. Uh, there's a story at The Advocate from over the weekend. Uh, will Garrett Graves join Louisiana's gubernatorial race? Garrett Graves is probably the most unknown Louisiana uh, congressional delegate, member of the congressional delegation that we have. Very few people actually know a whole lot about Garrett Graves. Here's what you need to know. Garrett Graves is the Paul Ryan of the Louisiana congressional delegation. What do I mean by that? Paul Ryan was never meant to be the Speaker of the House. Paul Ryan was a policy nerd. His pet project was tax reform, the tax reform that got passed under the Trump administration. Ryan is very much a policy nerd. And he was the guy that you would get out there to talk about specific policies and issues, and he could discuss them at length. Garrett Graves is the same way. Graves is not a strong... I mean, I don't know his political ideology very well. He's a conservative. He ran as a conservative Republican, uh, but he doesn't make waves. He doesn't really do a whole lot out there publicly. Graves is fairly silent on a lot of issues. He just kind of keeps his head down and, and, and moves through. But he's a policy guy. And I think that's more what he would continue to focus on. I don't think Graves is going to get into the race. I mean, there's been talk about it. He, he mentioned, the, he referenced the talk about it at one point. Uh, but he's never really... Uh, He's never really made any serious moves toward it. And right now, you know, even when we're more than a year out, right now we're we're still pretty heavily uh, we're still pretty heavily kind of secure in where the race is going to be. John Kennedy's not going to run. I don't think Cassidy runs, and if he is, he's it's not gonna it's not gonna end well for him. Uh, Landry's going to run. Schroeder's going to run, and. Uh, and that's and, and uh, Landry Schroeder and Nungesser. Those are the three Republicans to look out for. And 
I don't see Graves jumping in. Graves, Graves would have a lot of ground to make up because he doesn't have a statewide network ready. Uh, Landry does. Schroeder does. Um, Nungesser does. Cassidy does. Kennedy does. Neither of them, I think, are going to run. Graves has a problem. And I don't think that it's going to, I don't think it's going to happen. But if he does, it would be interesting. What is Graves going to be in that race? Graves is going to, I think he's going to focus on very nuanced issues. I mean, that's what the the advocate uh, story kind of indicates. Uh, you know, I Graves, uh, according to the Advocate article, Graves uh, said his decision has been made. Uh, he says he respects Nungesser, Landry, and Schroeder, considers them friends, but he's not he's not sure any of them would make a good governor. I don't think they're the right person to be our governor. I just don't. I'm I know I don't know that I'm that either. He said uh, he said last week. Given the state's mature transportation system, low-cost energy, and other advantages, Louisiana shouldn't be losing so many development projects to so many other states. He said, see, that's, that's going to be his thing. He's going to talk about infrastructure. He's going to talk about these projects. And I, I think he's, he's a little too policy-driven to run an effective campaign. Right? In, in running this campaign, you've got to have an overall direction for the state. You can't really have... Uh, you can't really be mired into specific topics like I think Graves would be. So this, this it's very interesting hypothetical. And the media loves throwing out these hypotheticals. Uh, and I don't, you know, I don't think that, uh, that that Graves really has a chance, nor do I think he's really interested in running. But I think if he's out there not throwing that opportunity away, He's looking at something beyond. Maybe he's looking to take Bill Cassidy's place at, at uh, you know, in the next election. Cassidy may not be running again. I, you know, he he had Cassidy promised two terms, and now he's, you know, pretty much ensured that Louisiana Republicans will never vote for him again, and no Democrat's going to vote for any Republican ever. So Cassidy really doesn't have a political future. Graves could very well be setting himself up for a Senate run down the road. All right, let's go to the phone lines. I see y'all are coming, uh, are calling in 232-1542 if you want to join in. Uh, let's welcome Chad to the show. Chad, how are you today? Hey, what's going on? Thanks for having a call. I hope you had a good weekend. I, I did. I hope you did, too. Can't complain. Uh, you know, Saints won. Now it's time for education football. Exactly. Listen, uh, 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 Joe Cunningham, check it out. Uh, I, I caught bits and pieces of the Moon Gafar show this morning. Yeah. And uh, I'll just say this. I have no beef or grudge with Garrett Graves. I think he's a good man. He's a good Catholic. Or he, you know, he's a good Christian. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to question his religion, but I know I know he believes in the, the Almighty. But when it comes to politics, he needs to stay away from governor. Yeah, We're running for governor. And if I was uh, John Schroeder and Jeff Landry, but I, I'm more of a John Schroeder fan, but I will support Jeff Landry. Mm-hmm. If it boils down to them two, those two need to be careful. Keep your eye on Garrett Graves. He might pull a John Bell Edwards. He might pull a uh, Jean Paul Cousin, like uh, all these other fraud squad Republicans do. They might knife for a Schroeder or uh, Jeff Land in the back. All right. So thank you for that comment. But, but Chad, I want to ask you because you said you're more of a John Schroeder guy. What makes you more of a John Schroeder guy than a Landry guy? Um, 
John Schroeder, you know, they're both smart. They're both, both uh, capable of uh, lead, leading the uh, state in the right direction. I just feel John Schroeder, you know, he doesn't need that national exposure. Mm-hmm. You know, he, he don't need the spotlight. He just goes out there and does his job. And I question uh, Jeff Landry's work ethic either. Just, you know, there's just some things I prefer John Schroeder uh, than Jeff Landry. Okay, I got you. I, I I get what you're going with that. Now, that's kind of been, you know, actually kind of what you're hinting at is what is my concern as well with that particular race. But I think it's very interesting. The the the. But no doubt, I, I I will. If it boils down to John John Short or Jeff Landry, I'm you know, if it's in a runoff, you know, if it's a runoff for the governor's race and Jeff Landry wins that goes goes into a runoff. With the, the Democratic vote, you doggone right, I'm vote for Jeff Landry. Yeah, absolutely. I'm, 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 and I'm not accusing you of, of not supporting either one no, or no, not, not pulling that. that. Um, I, I just think it's interesting. They're they're both good Republicans. I've had my criticisms lately of Schroeder because of the whole bond commission thing, but I think that these are two very solid conservative Republicans, but they are such different personalities that yeah, e- either one of them is a good fit, but for different reasons. Jeff Landry is that very Trumpian style fighter type that you, and he's been doing it longer than Trump's been in the political game. Don't get me wrong. I mean, he's been doing it since he was in Congress, but Schroeder is that very much down to earth. I want to get this done, this done and this done. Right. He's a tech, he's a tech cruise type. Yes. And, and I think that he is, I I think that either one would be at the very least a much, much, much better governor than what we've got right now, but what we got now. But I, I agree that either one of them would be a solid choice. Oh, agreed. But like I said, and uh, it's no offense, but I don't trust a none guesser. Yeah. And uh, like, and if, like I said, if John Schroeder or Jeff Landry, yes, you, you both go up, look at each other as the enemy. But if I was both of them, I keep my arm gag graze mm-hmm. and keep my arm uh, none guesser and John Bellows because John Bellows is going to try. Try to pull some backstabbing BS. Yeah, that's true. All right, Chad, thank you very much for the call. Uh, 232-1542 if you want to call in as well. And, you know, th- my, the thing with, with Nungesser, um, i got no beef with Nungesser either. My, my problem is Nungesser is going to play the moderate Republican in the field, and we, we've seen what happened with that uh, in 2009. In 2009, you had uh, – not 2009. Was it 2000? No, yeah, 2013. Was it no fifteen? I'm sorry, I'm my, my my I'm not a math guy. 2015, the Vitter, uh, the the Vitter Edwards campaign. Uh, in 2015, you had two, you know, moderate-ish. I mean, Scott Angel was is more conservative. I think objectively more conservative uh, than Jay Darden, but Darden uh, wanted to be that moderate, and it ended up playing spoiler. It sent Vitter and Edwards into a runoff, and. Darden went and supported Edwards and threw his his lot cast his lot that way. The same thing kind of happens with Nungesser. I don't think Nungesser swaps parties and goes with the Democrats necessarily, but the moderate Republican is going to say to the center right Republicans, so those on the right, the conservatives, you know what? Y'all are too extreme. And he's also saying to the Democrats, y'all are too extreme. Like he's, he's going to be a Republican. No Democrat's going to vote for him. He's going to be a moderate. The conservatives aren't going to vote for him. He's narrowing his own field by how he's trying to position himself. And that's just bad, bad strategy. And if you're making this type of bad strategy, 
are you going to make bad decisions as a chief executive? Because you have to have some semblance of good strategy in running your campaign so that we know that you're going to be effective at actually running a position. So we need to know that, and Nungesser hasn't proved that. Nungesser has done a great job advocating for the state, and he did a great job for advocating for himself and his parish during, all the, during so many hurricanes and so many issues. But you don't know how that translates to the governor's job. But the other two Republicans, you know they're going to work their tails off to get the job done. All right, 232-1542, the KPEL app chat. If you want to be part of the conversation, let's take this break. We'll be back for a few more minutes here on the Joe Cunningham Show, News Talk 96.5, KPEL. Welcome back to the Joe Cunningham Show here on News Talk 96.5, KPEL 232-1542, if you want to be part of the conversation. Uh, so interesting bit of, of response to Biden's uh, inflate. Oh, I'm sorry, his debt, for, although it is an inflation plan, his debt forgiveness plan. Uh, this from Tyler Bridges uh, at The Advocate. Uh, John Kennedy, Luke Mixon opposed Biden's debt forgiveness plan. Chambers and Steve back it. So the four major candidates in the race, one Republican, three Democrats, are split two and two uh, on the issue. Uh Kennedy sharply criticized President Joe Biden's program announced Wednesday to forgive up to 20000 in student loan debt per borrower. Two of the Democrats challenging Kennedy as he runs for re-election, Gary Chambers and Cyrena Steve, applauded Biden's move. Luke Mixon, the third major Democrat in the race, does not support Biden's plan, but he did not condemn the president as Kennedy did, who is a Republican. Uh Kennedy sees it as a bad deal for the public. Here's what President Biden's so-called canceling of student debt really means. Americans who already paid off their debt, worked through college, went to a trade school or chose not to go to school will pay off the loans that other people incurred. On what planet is that fair? Uh, Kennedy's, uh, let's see, uh, Chambers praised Biden for making good on his campaign promise and said he celebrates the economic relief for beneficiaries. He also added that over 86% of black and brown students that, see high, that seek higher education take on debt and this is a measure that this measure is a step in the right direction. Uh, Steve 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 said there are 651,700 borrowers in the state of Louisiana. An average Louisianian has a federal student loan debt of $34,525 for a mother who is juggling childcare and debt repayment. Loan forgiveness is a life-changing event. Mixon said, we need to solve the problem by making college more affordable. We can do that by expanding the Pell Grant to cover 70% of tuition costs for low- and middle-income families and investing our colleges and universities, particularly our historically black colleges and universities. Mixon uh, attended the U.S. Naval Academy and flight school in exchange, uh, in ex and in exchange had to serve at least seven years as a Navy pilot. He ended up spending 20 years as a pilot, uh, as a fighter pilot, that is Bridges adding his background there. I mean, he has the backgrounds of all of them there. Uh, obviously, I think Kennedy is most right on this issue, uh, but it's interesting that Mixon takes that particular route as well. And actually, to be quite honest, I'm kind of somewhere in the realm of both Kennedy and Mixon. My problem is that whenever you do something like this, Universities will raise their tuition. In the mid to late 2000s, 
the state government, Louisiana state government, was signaling that there were going to be cuts to universities. So what happened? Tuition went up and administrative costs went up. Administrative salaries went up at universities across the state. And tuition went up. As a result, it cost students more. And the people who were generally running the universities, who were part of the problem as to why universities were struggling with their money, got salary increases. Nothing actually changed when more tuition money came in and more tuition money keeps coming in. And they're going to continue to raise those rates. It is predicted that because of this, tuition will go up because, hey, more kids will take out more loans because of this. We can get more money out of it. Universities need to be held accountable here. And that's something that nobody is really interested in doing. Nobody's really all that interested in making the universities accountable for creating the mess in the first place. Now, the federal government has some involvement because they took on all this student loan debt. They decided to get into the student loan game. But universities, with especially the ones with these massive endowments, there's no risk to them, and there should be. There should be a risk to the universities when students take out more loan money than they can afford, and they need to be held accountable. Make universities, uh, make them party to this. Let them incur some of the costs here. Let them cover or let them uh, be the, the holder of some of these debts. And let's see how much it changes. All right, that's a wrap for today. 23 hours until the Joe Cunningham Show returns. In the meantime, y'all have a great day. And follow me on Twitter at Joe P. Cunningham, Facebook.com slash Joe Cunningham Show. Check out the podcast version online at Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. I'll be back here soon right here on News Talk 96.5 KPL.